This is the Venturing Angler Podcast. I'm Tim Harden. In this episode, we'll be chatting with Gray York of Yellow Dog Fly Fishing Adventures. Gray is the program director for day trips and special operations for Yellow Dog and is quite familiar with anglers who might be taking a day trip or um, adding on to a general vacation or other events like that. Let's chat with Gray. Gray York of Yellow Dog Fly Fishing Adventures. Thanks for joining the podcast. Thanks for um, having me. What's uh, your role at Yellow Dog Fly Fishing Adventures? Yeah, so I'm the program director for day trips. And what does that entail? Because I think when I think of Yellow Dog, I think of, you know, I see the catalogs with like the helicopters and the, you know, all sorts of the films with motherships and all these big sort of um, excursions. Um, so what's your focus exactly? Sure. Um, you know, I guess my focus is our clients that are choosing to book their own accommodations or maybe anglers that are on a family trip or a business trip and just want to fit in some fishing. You know, I guess we are really trying to cover the spectrum as we are for everyone. It's not all helicopters and jet boats. <laughs> right. <you know>? so. <laughs> so I think I've, um, I, th- I think a lot of us have had that experience where, I mean, even just last week, my, my brother was like, hey, I've got... Uh, free accommodations in Tulum, Mexico. You should come and fish for a day. And and I know what all the you know a lot of the big lodges are, but you know not everybody offers day trips. And uh, you know you kind of fall into these family trips or weddings or business trips or what have you, where you just happen to be a place that you've wanted to fish for a while. And so it sounds like what you um, consult with and help with is related to those types of situations? Sure. You know, we, we have tons of clients that, um, whether they're going by choice or not by choice, but, you know, foreign or domestic destination, and people love to fish. And, you know, just I think both of us, if we're in a position where we can get out in the water for the day, I think a lot of anglers are going to try to do that. Um, you know, you know, Mexico is a great example. A lot of places uh, up and down from Cancun south of Tulum where folks are staying, family or friends, and we love to facilitate you know, one day on the water. Um, and so in these cases, uh, often so pe- people have accommodations set. They might just want to get out for the day. Uh, maybe they can escape the family for <laughs> um, a, a brief part of the trip. Um, and so uh, you help people sort of navigate what their best options are and approximate to hotels and so forth. Sure. You know, I guess the first question is, you know, does it make sense logistically? You know, we're not here to push people out in the water. We want them to enjoy the day and for it to be a really easy, fun experience, uh, especially in salt water, which can be so difficult and just depends so much on conditions. So um, over the years, I've had a lot of uh, people ask me for advice um, you know, they're, they're in a similar situation where they're going somewhere for another reason, but they want to get a day on the water. And it is a bit difficult to navigate. And it's, it seems like there's a lot of places, like you just sort of affirmed that that region of Mexico's, uh, you know, provides lots of windows uh, or some windows for those types of trips. But some places just aren't very good for that. And I think that's probably something good that you guys sort out for people too. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the places that, 
um, are good for you know these types of experiences. Sure, uh, you know as you alluded to, Tulum, Mexico is a great spot. A lot of good guides out of Punta Allen, Mexico, uh, that we really enjoy working with. Uh, you know, a secondary spot would be Amarillo's Key in Belize. We have great guides we work with there. Uh, there are tons of accommodations in San Pedro. People have done in the past. Um, you know, we really try to be the authority on no, no matter where it is. This is the best guy. This is who you can be fishing with, and we're happy to set you up. Uh, you know, free of charge. We're not trying to. You know, this is just an additional service we try to offer. It's not um, you know, the number one priority at Yellow Dog, but getting people on the water and helping them spend some time with a family vacation or work trip is something we can help with. So how much lead time would um, an angler need before contacting you all? You know, we, we get them down you know, just a couple hours in advance, but you know, as much time as possible. You know, several months is idea, ideal. Um, you know, actually, as a matter of fact, when I was in college, I was driving around Montana uh, doing a bit of fishing and uh, wanted to get out in the water for a guide for one day. And I actually got a hold of Yellow Dog uh, inadvertently. And uh, one of our team members, Sean Lawson, set up a day trip for me with about you know, 10 to 12 hours notice. Wow. And you know, that was actually during uh, you know, the, the famed salmon fly hatch in Upper Madison. Oh, which no kidding. could be, you know, it does get a lot of press. Um, and you know, I've definitely had bad luck and good luck, but we happened to just go behind a bunch of boats that day and had a really incredible day on the water. Oh, wow. Uh, just, it was essentially pure luck, but my, my view on that was if Yellow Dog could pull off this awesome day on the water in 12 hours, think about what these guys could do if you gave them eight or nine months. Yeah, absolutely, especially during that critical hatch. Mm -hmm. um, and, and this is something Yellow Dog offers for no cost to the angler. Sure. You know, all of Yellow Dog services are free you know, if you're booking one day or, you know, a full week, you know, from Mexico to the Seychelles. And so with that in mind, Mexico to the Seychelles, are there other places that um, lend itself well to or, or that you might even get more calls than, than others for um, mm -hmm. that, I mean, like, if I have family members who want to plan a family trip, the first thing that comes to my mind is, like, where can I sneak a day in? Sure. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's blowback with that sometimes, but, you know, we dedicated anglers are dedicated anglers. Um, yeah. You know, what are some of those places that um, might work for that more than others? Sure. You know, one spot we, we do work with a lot of great guides, and we're very careful, and is our home state of Montana, as well as just to the south, Idaho. Um, we... I have a really close network of guys in our own community of Bozeman, uh, as well as across the state and all major fisheries. You know, when we're, we're setting up guides in the state of Montana, we're, we're really helping our clients get in the boat with specific guys, usually. Um, it's, it's really important to us in our home state uh, to use our network that we've been able to build through the years uh, with, you know, through Jim Klug and Ian Davis. And we feel really comfortable that when we put someone in the boat, uh, with a guy in Montana, it's going to be a great day. And I imagine you guys get a lot of last-minute calls. Yeah, <laughs> we definitely get the most last-minute calls from Montana. <laughs> I would say Montana and Mexico, uh, which is which is fun. You know, it's uh, I think that for me, it's nice to plan something out a little further in advance. But helping a guy scramble <laughs> last second, um, people are appreciative of that, and especially if it turns out to be a good day and the conditions turn out. 
Uh, you know, people, we've had people book very rarely a couple days out and catch a permit. So oh, wow. that's, uh, you know, never going to happen almost. But if it does, <laughs> uh, everyone's happy and we hope we can work with them again. Yeah. Um, and I imagine you get a wide range of calls of people in different places, uh, different timelines, et cetera. Um, for those who might not plan as well or, or have their hands tied by the type of trip that they're on, are is it anglers are able to count on things like having gear accessible and mm-hmm. um, that whole wide mix of licenses? Um, how does that play out? Sure. Um, you know, if anglers in the gear question, that's probably one of the most common questions we get. Uh, is my guy going to have rods for me? Is he going to have reels? Is he going to have the right flies? Um, you know, that's a, it definitely differs across the board. We do try to work with outfitters on day trips. Uh, that argument will provide high-quality equipment that's not just some rusted-out rod and reel. Um, we always recommend when you're traveling internationally that you have your own equipment, but sometimes it's just not possible. So, uh, you know, most of our day trip options, they are going to be to out, be able to outfit you, but clients in most foreign countries do need to bring flies. That's pretty standard. In a lot of these places, um, especially if they're great fly fishing destinations, I mean, it's one thing to be in New Orleans, um, but it's another thing when you're somewhere maybe more remote or in another country. Um, how can an angler line up transportation or meeting their guide? How do those types of logistics work out? Sure. Yeah, it is definitely going to be a little different than New Orleans where, you know, your guide might be picking you up downtown in the, and you're still seeing people come out of the bars driving right. to go fishing in the morning. <laughs> but, no, um, you know, a lot of operations we're lucky to work with, they have, they'll have a driver working for them with the transportation van they own, which is great. Or in other locations, you know, if you're staying somewhere with a dock, your guide can just swing by in the saltwater location, swing by and grab you in the morning, which that's really the most ideal, great way to start the day. Yeah, that's pretty good. And, and internationally, you guys have a pretty good pulse on um, who has these abilities based on what towns and so forth. Sure. And I think maybe that's, um, you know, related to that. There's, I think, a, an important difference between calling you guys and just, say, Googling it. I mean, I mm-hmm. think I, it's almost a habit now that you know, if you're in Tulum and you want to fish, you're just going to Google yeah, Tulum fishing, fishing. Tulum, right? Sure. And and kind of guess your way through mm-hmm. what, what your best options might be. But why not do that? That's a great question. And we know that you know the general United States and foreign populations, everyone uses Google to find answers. And uh, we think that we can provide a little bit more. Uh, you know, being a little more personal on the phone. With clients, you know, Google's great, uh, email's great, but if we could spend, you know, 10 minutes on the phone, we can go through as many questions as you have, uh, as detailed as they are. You know, we've been down the road. Uh, we've, we've been on all the transfers required for these day trips, uh, and that, you know, obviously branches out to our longer trips that we do. Um, so that, that base of knowledge is, can't really, and Google can give you answers, but it can only give you text so yeah so that there, that's all it's one big benefit is you guys have been to all these places mm-hmm. um all the places that you guys um focus on or places that your staff has supported in some way when you get these types of calls what are the most common questions you might encounter 
Uh, number one is what I need to bring, or you know, it's usually they are tend to be a little more last minute. So I guess the primary question is, can I go? Is there a guide open? Right. And oftentimes, if if it's not a guide that we're gonna know and trust, we'll, we're happy just to pass. Um, and we want to be on, we want our clients to be on the water with someone we trust. So uh, we'd rather just um, maybe send someone, uh, you know, refer them elsewhere or just lend a helping hand rather than create a situation that's going to be a poor turnout for everyone. So. But, but generally, it seems like you guys seem to have a pretty yeah. good pulse. No, we're definitely yeah, happy to, uh, I wouldn't say scramble, but you know, get on the phone right away, uh, get, on, get on the computer, get on email, uh, and contact you know, within our web of, of guides and really make sure you're on the water with someone solid. The second question is usually, you know, like I said, gear. Uh, that's a, a pretty big question, as well as flies. Um, you know, what flies do I need? Uh, where do I get them? So we love sending our clients to you know, support their local fly shop. And we do have you know, photo lists of flies we send folks and just try to make it as easy as possible um, going down that road. And, I mean, I've got a trip coming up this week, and... I've been really trying to figure out exactly what, say, like an appropriate tip would be. And those are the kinds of things, like, because you're not quite sure what the value of various currencies are, and especially to people in other countries. And so, um, I mean, that's a question that comes to my mind that I feel mm-hmm. like you guys would have. That's definitely in the top realm of questions. You know, what currency do I tip in? Uh, in Mexico, in a lot of places, there are two guides, and well, how, do I, how do I handle that? Now, those are uh, very relevant questions. And you know, gratuities are always a sensitive subject for uh, guides and anglers, but we try to be as straightforward as possible and give people an appropriate range based on the country they're uh, they're traveling to. That's great. Um, do you ever get people calling, um, you know, go, heading somewhere on a cruise ship or anything like that? Yeah, we do. Uh, we <laughs> quite a few actually. Really? <laughs> um, more than you would think. Uh, you know, we definitely charge an externality tax to all cruise ship passengers because of the uh, the damage cruise ships do on the environment. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But uh, <laughs> we would never do that. But uh, th- we do. We can facilitate cruise ships. Um, you know, make, just the most important thing would be to make sure you're you're booking the right cruise ship port when you're landing because we've had a couple people have some issues with that in the past. Yikes. But um, yeah, that's that's something that you can do. If people are on a tight schedule. Um, we it uh, does create a little bit of stress for guides sometimes, making sure they don't they miss that boat. Yeah, so really. It's gonna uh, be pretty probably pretty tough to get home. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> well, say I'm in a, in in some in a at a tropical climate. Say I'm doing a saltwater trip, and uh, and it's suddenly in a storm. Um, what would I do then? That's a good question. It you know really depends uh, on where you are. Uh, if you're booking, you know, a single day trip, wherever it is in the world, you're at the mercy of the conditions for that day. Uh, and so, you know, it's, we kind of compare it to you know, going to Vegas and you know, going to roll some dice for money. Because you, you could have crystal clear skies and light winds and have a great day on the water. Um, if you're in a saltwater destination or, you know, in Montana, get some clouds and have some, uh, some good insects pop off that day. But, uh, you know, trying to play the weather is something we never, re- never recommend. And if you're booking one day, uh, you are potentially short-siding yourself. Uh, we are, we're always trying to get people on the, 
uh, on the best water, the best conditions with the best guide, but we can't control the weather. So if you, if you elect to book a, a single day, I, don't, I can't guarantee it's going to happen. There's <laughs> the case for booking a multi-day trip. Sure. Yeah, that's, you know, the wider range you're able to give yourself. Um, that's, not, that's not a sales pitch. We're not trying to sell people unnecessary days in the water. But we just want you to have yourself hedged a little bit so that if you do book your six to eight hour day on the water and the weather's not good in that time period, you know, no outfitter is going to give you a refund because it's sprinkled on you. Right. And, and you know, just, just a few months ago, I had two days in the Everglades. One day was memorable. The other day was some of the craziest storms I've ever seen. And so at least you get that one day, other day to, you know, sort of increase your odds sure. at the table, but also, um, you know, give you a better chance of having some memories to go home with. Yeah, and, when, you know, we, when we set up a five-day saltwater trip, you know, five or six days in the water, if half your days are, are good days, we would rate that an A. Yeah, that's good. And I guess, and I guess that's part of the, the gamble, I guess, to keep playing with that, um, of, uh, of just having a pursuit that takes place in nature. Yeah, it's part of the game. <laughs> yeah. Well, Gray, I think this uh, is something that a lot of anglers are going to find useful to know about. Um, it sounds like a great resource. I appreciate the conversation. Thanks for sitting down. And for those out there who want to learn more, head on over to yellowdogflyfishing.com. Thank you. Thanks for having me, Tim.